0: Spotlight. I'm Carmela Sterling. and I'm super excited for you today to hear from our very special guest who is famously known for his integrity, is specializing in not only podcasts, but now uh, analytics and information about AI. Hot topic. Hmm, Can't wait to hear what you think. I want to give this man an introduction because he has inspired so many of us for so many reasons. After a career in corporate wanted to do something new and something different and dive in. And his simple statement, I wrote this down, his goal was simple, to find excitement in what he was doing every day. And he found it in droves. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm, under the spotlight welcome to the founder of Red Hat Media, Larry Roberts. Good morning. Hello.
1: Good morning. I'm a very professional guest this morning. I had myself muted. So, (laughs) Wait a minute. how you been doing
0: podcasts <laughs> seriously have you been doing podcasts since four, 2015 14, somewhere 14
1: around was I, I started in 2014
0: that's crazy i mean and so many people listening to podcasts now many breaking the, their own business as have we done i've told our folks a little bit earlier that we met you through alex a mutual friend and then uh, we hired you to do our edit our podcast edit and man you are thorough and you dive deep into what we're doing and how to make it better. I want to thank you for that introduction to this world of podcasting.
1: Well, well, thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate it. You know, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And that's one of the reasons that I go so deep when I work with someone on their show to kind of figure out exactly where we need to go to help them accomplish their particular goals. So I think it stems from my analytical background. You kind of touched on that a little bit in the introduction there, but you know, Mm -hmm. the details are in the data. So you have to go in, you have to dig deep, and you have to find that data to find the answers that we're looking for.
0: Is that where you were in corporate world analytics?
1: Yeah, when I left corporate America, I was a, what was the title? Business intelligence analyst. So I I literally just spent my days looking at data and understanding the databases that drove the company. And people would come to me, they were looking for certain segments of data. Where can I find this data? And I would point them to the appropriate location there in the system.
0: How did you take all those skills and see the podcast world and dive in there? What was it that you launched with? Was it teaching people how to dig for information or something? No,
1: you know, it kind of uh, a little twist of irony there. It was actually my first podcast was a comedy podcast. So... Mm. (laughs) So I actually stumbled into analytics. I I didn't mean to. Uh, My corporate career really started as a facilitator. I was a corporate trainer for this tiny company called Texas Instruments. Uh, We've probably all had at least one of their calculators at some point in time. So I was a corporate trainer there, but it was in a small town in North Texas called Sherman. And my goal in life at the time was to make it down to the big city and live in Dallas. So I wanted to leave TI there and get me a nice spot down in Dallas. And, of course, when you're in your 20s, you want to have the downtown apartment and all that fun stuff. And that was the goal. Uh, But I picked up a position in a small town outside of Dallas called Capel at a little distribution center. They needed a corporate trainer. And I went in there, uh, spent about a year and a half implementing some policies and procedures for their warehouse and then they started this massive IT project where they were implementing a what's called an ERP or an enterprise resource planning system. And basically they have facilities all across the globe and everybody had okay. their own system. Well, this is the one system to rule okay. them all. And the project was to implement this system across the globe and they needed somebody to lead up the training efforts there. And so they so recruited me into that position.
0: You took, so you take all of that and what I want our audience to think about as you glean tips, An inspiration from our guest. This brilliant man has followed really what his gifts are and his powerhouse, right? His superpower, uh, analytics. And now you've taken this to the podcast world. You've had multiple podcasts. You're an award award winner, multiple awards. And now you're speaking. We saw you on ABC. You've been on stage. We've seen you multiple times. And I watched that red hat travel (laughs) throughout the United States. Are you speaking on still podcasting and analytics of that, or are you now moving completely into AI or a little mix of both?
1: It's definitely a mix of both. I have three primary keynotes that I talk about. It's AI, branding, and podcasting. So typically, if I'm on a stage, it's one of those three topics that I'm talking about.
0: That's cool. How in the world did you come up with? Red hat media and the red hat. like, like it, it's it's the name and is it's what you wear. like I want to come up with something like that. Like under the spotlight, what am I going to do? What kind of hat would I have on? I love that you've done this. It's like the finest branding. We recognize it. We recognize the hat. we recognize what you do. it's it's really powerful. Do you have any tips for everyone watching right now listening in? how to find their brand. Do you mind giving away a little free advice this morning?
1: Not at all. You know, I think the thing is, it has to be something that resonates with you. You can't force it. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. You know, again, we started podcasting in 2014 and I went through a variety of podcasts, went through a variety of brands and was just looking for that one thing that stuck. Uh, And I was giving a talk, it's, it's only been two years now. I was giving a talk, actually not even two years, it was November of 21 and uh, i was wearing a a red hat but it was a red hat with a brand on it and it was the supreme is the name of the brand and it's what all those wacky kids are wearing these days or at least they were then and uh, being at the time i think i was 49 so i was trying to relate to a little bit of a younger audience so i had this branded hat on my head and our mutual friend alex sanfilippo who owns Podmatch, i have Mm -hmm. to give him a plug obviously Mm -hmm. Uh uh I came off stage and he and I, we give each other a hard time whenever we speak. It's just, it's just in fun. It's what we do. Yeah. So we, we give each other, you know, just kind of poke and prod at each other a bit. And he goes, Hey man, but seriously, why are you wearing that Supreme hat? And I told him it was because I was trying to relate to the audience. And he goes, look, I, I, I love the red hat. It stands out. I mean, I'm six foot three ish, uh, about 240 pounds. So I'm a big guy. I'm loud. And he goes, that hat on your head, that red hat is like a beacon Oh In God. the night it's just it's like a lighthouse, oh right? So I love that. But unless Supreme is going to sponsor you and pay you to wear their merchandise, don't wear their stuff on stage.
0: I love oh. that.
1: Yes, it resonated with me 100%. So I ran home from that conference. I tossed that very expensive. It's like $130 for this stupid hat. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Their their stuff is way overpriced. But I mean, that's what it is with all name brands, right? Um, Yes, of
0: course. But now you have your own. And we all want a red hat. So we're (laughs) buying your hat now.
1: (laughs) Well, I jumped on Amazon. I found me an unbranded red flat billed hat for six whole dollars. I ordered that. It got here. I tilted it at about 15 degrees to the right. And the red hat was born. And, and, And that's really how it happened. But, you know, the whole point and the reason that it stuck for me personally is because this is how I dress anyhow. This is what I wear anyways. I'm not trying to put on a persona that I'm going to call my brand. I wear ball caps. I wear flat bill ball caps and I still think I'm 17. So I tilted a little bit to the side. (laughs) It's just, it's it's how I dress. It's naturally me. And that authenticity is what translates from this red hat. If I was trying to force it and trying to be something that I wasn't, it's not going to work. And people are going right. to pick up on the fact that it's not you. So okay. I'm super comfortable in the red hat. I'm super comfortable dressing the way that I dress. And it doesn't matter whether I'm on an entrepreneur's organization, a high dollar stage, or whether I'm I'm speaking at the, the local rotary. It doesn't matter. I'm still wearing what I wear with my jeans mm-hmm. and my tennis shoes and my red hat. And that's me. And that authenticity oh is God. what that's what made the brand what it is, is just yeah. it allowed me to be me.
0: You are just so, so you, so transparent. That right there is a huge inspiration for all of us trying to do anything, whatever you're trying to do. I have a question. Can uh, our audience come to you for help with their branding in what realm? Just for podcasts, or can you help with branding outside of that?
1: What's- no, 100%. I mean, my podcast yeah. now is called Branded. It's all about personal and professional branding. So anything that has to do with branding. And uh, as you know, my book is on its way out. It's called Under the Red Hat, How to Stand Out in a Very Crowded Marketplace. And it's all about branding in all different forms, regardless of what it is. I can definitely I love help that. love that, that it's
0: in book form because... It's we'll be able to go back and review and review and review it. And it's coming out. When is it coming out? When's the book coming out?
1: I I don't have a specific release date, but I'm shooting for October 18th because (sighs) I I, I am on stage in Tampa and I want the book in hand when I get to Tampa. So we're working very, very hard to make sure that I have that book in hand uh, when I get there in Tampa here in what is it, two weeks. So it's going to be very soon.
0: Can you believe that all of this has happened now from from my perspective and for uh, for us looking in and seeing like you've always been you know well known and respected and you have integrity and you've helped us in fact Peter wanted to say thank you for turning him on to the uh, chat GPT AI which he used to, to build your description for this podcast you're on awesome love it. That.
1: I love <laughs> right to hear you. it
0: but you are all of a sudden it's explosive on stage on television. All right. How how are you handling that? It's a lot of travel. How's your wife handling that? Are you enjoying it? You having fun?
1: I'm definitely having fun, but it's also definitely an adjustment. Because if we think back to my corporate career, I was with the same company for 21 out of my 25 corporate years. And out of that time, my wife and I, we worked together for 20 years. So on the same floor, we would commute together. We would eat lunch together. We would commute home together. Of course, we'd live together. So we were literally together 24-7. Now, a lot of people go, oh, my gosh, that's way too much uh, husband-wife time. But it's all we knew, and it worked really, really well for us. So when I left corporate back January 4th of 2021, that in and of itself was an adjustment because now I'm not at the office. I mean, for 20 years, she could literally stand up and look across the floor and see my office. So now she stands up and, you know, I am loud too. So she can also hear me from time to time. So now the, the, the top floor of the office is dead quiet. Aww. And if she looks over to my office, it's empty or there's some other stranger in there. I'm sure by now it's been two years. So I'm sure somebody's in there, but at first it was empty. So it was very, very difficult to make that adjustment. And then I started traveling. So now not only am I not with you at the office, now you come home and now I'm not here either. Mm -hmm. And while -hmm. it wasn't just an adjustment for her, it was a massive adjustment for me as well. Because, again, after all that time, we have patterns. We all develop patterns. And if I'm gone for a week or two weeks at a time traveling, I come home. Well, she may have found her own little routine. You know, her and the dogs, they're watching their favorite shows, and I haven't been there to get in the way or walk in front of the TV or bother the dog or bother her. None of that's happening, so she's kind of gotten used to it. And I would feel like when I got home, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just a problem. I'm just causing problems here. Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm in the way.
1: And, and I, I tell you, it was it was a struggle at first, but we got over it. Everything's good now. Um, but I, I'll tell you, my 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 traveling wraps at the end of this month. So I happen to be home this week then I'm gone for the rest of the month. Uh, but I'm super, super excited about the fact that November and December right now have zero trips planned. So I'm pretty wow. excited about that.
0: What's your goal with all that you're doing? And then I want to move into the A.I. piece. People are, are waiting to hear from sure. you. What, what's your you've written a book? It's coming out. Things are happening. Or do you have in your mind where you want this to go, or is it moving sort of kinetically, unfolding as?
1: You know, It's a little bit of both. It's definitely kinetically unfolding and it's evolving each and every day because every talk seems to lead to another talk. And right now I'm extremely blessed in the fact that I'm not looking for talks. The talks are literally coming to me. So, uh, I, But I have a hard time saying no also. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do that. So I'm having to kind of reevaluate things and go, you know what? I'm going to have to develop a no muscle. I'm going to have to develop uh, where I get used to saying no from time to time. So the, the end goal, I mean, speaking is my passion. You know, Ah, if we, if we really, if we really dial it back uh, into the mid nineties, I was a karate guy and I know Peter, he owns a karate school and that's amazing. Uh, And competing and fighting was, was life for me. But it's so interesting because I think back to the days before I climbed in the ring or even climbed in the cage when the MMA stuff started happening. uh, When I speak now, it's the same level of anticipation. It's those same nerves. It feels the exact same way right before I get on stage as it was right before I got in the ring. And then after I deliver that talk, it's just like getting my hand raised at the end of a fight. So I get that same sense of fulfillment from competing as I do with speaking and I don't have to get punched in the face, so it's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Your uh, your podcast. The name of your podcast. Tell me the name of your podcast. Yeah, the it's-
1: name of my podcast is Branded.
0: Super simple. Okay, so it's branded, so we're going to go and listen to Branded. Are you seeing uh, obviously more and more people listening to podcasts? Do you have any that you personally like to listen to that are on your?
1: Top three list. Oh wow, you called me on the carpet with this one. Um I you fan. don't have
0: you don't have to answer that. Well <laughs> no, it's, it's, this but,
1: one. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I love Under the Spotlight and I love Branded. Those are two amazing podcasts that we have to promote today. But in all seriousness, I I listen to more business type podcasts and a couple of comedy podcasts as well. But yes, it's kind of yes. interesting because I don't really listen to podcasts. I watch podcasts. I consume I all too. my podcasts on YouTube. Uh, and, and occasionally, oh, yeah. I'll, uh, depending on the guest, I'll drop in and I might give Joe Rogan a little listen here and there. But it really depends on the guest. I can only take so much Rogan. But but I, I listen to like Gary Vee and Alex Ramosi and uh, wow. Tim Ferriss. I listen to those types of influencers and, and business builders to give me insight on how I need to continue to move on and how I need to connect with my audience and how I can create right. content that resonates. So it's those types of podcasts that I typically listen to. Thank you.
0: And then if I'm that. just
1: goofing off, I, I, I do love comedy podcasts from time to time. Since my first podcast was a comedy That's podcast, <laughs> there's a few comedians out there where I listen to their shows as well.
0: So this new topic, new to many of us, not new to you as AI, sure. artificial intelligence. It's a hot topic, and I'm sure you get some heat from people who say, there's no place for it in my life. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I want to start there because our audience is kind and generous and loving, and they have questions, and we'll be taking some questions. But my producer found these quotes for me. I want to read this to you because I wonder, is this... Hands off to AI, kind of like these statements. Steve Ballmer, former CEO of Microsoft 2007, quote, there's no chance that an iPhone is going to get any significant market share, no chance. Is AI like Robert Metcalf, founder of uh, 3Com and inventor of Ethernet, 1995. I predict the internet will soon go spectacularly supernova and in 1996, catastrophically collapse. Like. I wish they could, I bet they wish they could take those those comments back. There are a whole mess of them. So are sure. we viewing AI in that way? Like, yep, hands off and then realize, oh, I can use it. So I wanna hand this off to you, uh, an expert in this uh, field. How can yeah. the everyday person use it? How can we stay safe? What do we need to stay away from? And I will tell you, as I toss this to you, we use ChatGPT all the time yeah, to make yeah, our words uh, more beautiful, more embellished, more clear. It's been a beautiful thing,
1: yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I love those quotes because I firmly believe that this is the internet 3.0. I mean, this is the internet again, all over again. This is a revolution. It's going nowhere. Uh, it, it's it's something that we're all going to have to interact with on some level. And, you know, in all honesty, Odds are we already have interacted with it uh, to a certain degree. If you've ever contacted customer service or you've gone online to a customer service portal of some sort and you've chatted with someone, there's a really good chance that the person, quote unquote, you're chatting with is a bot. And they've gotten so good now that there's, it's almost seamless. You wouldn't even know that you're talking to a bot in all honesty. Uh, and you asked a bunch of questions there, Carmelo. So I'm going to try to consolidate my answer here. But again, AI, it's going nowhere. It's here. It's here to stay. It's literally in everything that we're doing right now. You'll see all of the websites that are out there. Now powered with AI or now powered with chat GPT and they continue to evolve, and they continue to uh, add additional value on a variety of different levels for everything that we're doing in our lives every day. So will we continue to see it evolve? Sure. Are there dangers? Most definitely. Uh, I'll be making another appearance on ABC in the morning here in Texas, talking about how we protect our kids from AI. And there are so many different things that we need to take into consideration when we look at this AI revolution. And it's primarily making sure that when we develop these AI applications and these big companies that are racing to provide us with these AI integrations, that we do it responsibly and we do it ethically. Um, There's definitely some concern out there and there's some confusion, too. So let me break this down. What we're using right now, primarily, when you talk about Chat GPT or some of the other tools that are out there, like Claude or Bing, now has Chat GPT integrated in there. Uh, MidJourney for creating images, and Dolly—it's another application that creates images based on text input. These are all examples of generative AI, meaning it's generating a response of some sort, whether it's generating a text response or generating a graphical response. It's generating things based on our input. Okay. The scary stuff is called AGI or artificial general intelligence. That's what we start looking at deep neural networks. And these are networks that start to learn on their own with no human intervention. So we turn those on and we leave them to their own devices. Now that gets scary. <laughs> because we've all seen, uh, probably we've seen Terminator or some sci-fi movie where the AI, even how if we go back to, what was that a Space Odyssey 2001, right. uh, the AI goes kind of haywire and starts to take over and find some reason to eliminate humanity. Um, is, is that a genuine concern? For me personally, it is a bit of a genuine concern. Uh, not, It's not something I sit and worry about at night, right. but... Is it something that today could realistically potentially happen without the proper safeguards in place? I believe it could. But what we're doing with AI now and how we see AI integrated into our websites and our devices and everything that we have, that's not something to be overly concerned about. It's it's extremely productive, extremely constructive, uh, but it could also still be used for nefarious purposes if we're not careful.
0: As anything can be, right? Sure. Sure. It, it, it happens everywhere. So, any tips on safe places to go? You giving any recommendations? You don't have to, but you've helped. You've helped us find our favorite uh, ChatGPT, as an example. Uh, and then, you know, if you have any recommendations like that, we would love to
1: hear it. Yeah, I, I think uh, right now, especially over the last even week, ChatGPT has evolved tremendously. ChatGPT now has the ability to see, hear, and speak. To us, So it's streamlining that process. Now to take advantage of this functionality, you have to use Chad GPT on your mobile device, whether it's Android or iOS, it's available on both. Uh, and they're still actually rolling that out. But now we're able to, it's something is so crazy as be able to take a picture on our phone and upload it to Chad GPT and say, tell me about this. And it can break down what's in the image. You can use it for troubleshooting. If, if, if your car's misfiring or something, take a picture of the engine or take a picture of a wire that's loose and have ChatGPT tell you what the solution is. Wow. I saw an example just yesterday where someone had taken a picture of a, of a parking sign. And it had all of these multiple signs on here of when you can park and when you can't park and when there's exceptions to parking and the times you can park. And they're like, I'm not even from America. I have no idea what this means. So they took a picture of it, fed it to Chad GPT, and said, It's 4 p.m. Can I park here? And Chad GPT is now able to analyze each one of those individual signs in that single picture and go, Yes, it's safe to park here.
0: Oh my gosh, that's a am- I need that one. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. It's,
0: it's- See, you 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 you're very open and you have eyes to to see all the good in something and the you know the caution I'm so excited to have you as a guest today so people can feel a little more relaxed because I've already seen comments from people when I was promoting that you were here. The AI, you know, it's not good for us. They're not understanding the application, like computers, like sure. phones, uh, like other technologies. That's another piece of technology. And we as humans get to use it the way that we feel best for us, that's safe and all of that. I see it in writing an email, type out what we want in this email or flyer in our business and then run it through chat GPT and it comes back concise and clear and way yeah. more understandable than what we would have written in the first place. That's one small arena. So I imagine not only big businesses, but uh, men and women who work from home have their own business. Maybe you own your own company. I mean, there's a place for it without being so scared. So you don't reside in and I trust you. You don't reside in the fear side of, of things. You see the opportunity and how can we apply it to make our lives better? I love that about I, I see,
1: you. I see tremendous opportunity. Now, I, I still approach it with a certain level of caution, but I, I try to counter that caution with doing my own research and finding out exactly what is in place here. And you know, from a safety perspective, talking back to how it can analyze pictures, uh, there are safeguards in place where it won't analyze humans it will not analyze or give specific information back in regards to a human in a picture. So they they are trying to develop these with certain safeguards in place, and they're trying to do it from a responsible perspective. But I saw some concerns over from Robin here in the chat. The fear of it comes from not trusting our leaders. And that's definitely something we need to consider as well. We always have to take into account the potential bias and these responses that we get from these tools. Because we have to understand that these tools are trained on massive amounts of text data. So it's scoured the internet. It's probably read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. I know I'm dating myself there, but that's a fun reference. So it's just been fed all of this data. And if it's been fed data unintentionally with certain biases, of course, that bias may present itself in the results that it gives us as well. So we still have to be responsible users, regardless of the efforts of the developers to put in these safeguards. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, completely. You made that very clear as though I just ran that through chat GPT. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing too. I see I see Fran asking about how do we protect our personal information? And that's a huge concern, and it's a question I get asked quite often. Typically speaking, all of these language models or the back end of all these AI tools use our input for training purposes. But ChatGPT specifically gives you the opportunity to opt out. So if you go into the settings of your account in ChatGPT, you can go into uh, its settings, I believe it's data controls, and within there, there's a toggle switch where you can turn the switch on and off for ChatGPT to be able to use your information for training. So if you turn that off, they say that your data is safe. However, here's the caveat to that. Even if you turn that switch off, you're still operating under the original user agreement that you agreed to when you signed up for ChatGPT. So even though that's off, the original user agreement you agreed to says they can use your data for training purposes. So okay. it, it almost feels like it's a warm and fuzzy hug going, oh, good, they can't use my information. But they, they do have a bit of a loophole there that, that mm-hmm. they still may potentially be able to do it. But regardless, I highly recommend that you turn that switch off if you don't want your personal okay. information being shared.
0: Great question, Fran, and thank you so much how can we stay in touch with you? Our viewers that are listening in, maybe they want more information. Best place to follow you, Larry, where, where should Best we Best place
1: to follow me is either LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm 51. So I hang out with all the old folks on Facebook over there. You're so. 51? <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: 51. Oh my gosh. We're, we're around the same age. Um <laughs> What are you laughing at?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's great. Is that uh, no, I'm not laughing at it. No, no, don't take it that way. I wasn't laughing that we're almost the same age, not at all. I'm I was proud laughing because I, I, I typically say that it's it, it's it's the beer, it's the just for men, and it's the it's, it's the chiclets that I've got here. So that, that keeps me looking young. So
0: <laughs> you uh, you know, just listen, you're you're so special to us. I'm sure you hear that from everyone that comes in contact with you. You're just very special. We appreciate your honesty. Your integrity, your generosity, all the time you've spent with us and so many other people—I just, we love you.
1: I'm just. Gonna Thank, say you that. So we, we Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: We're excited to see uh, the launch of the book and your career, and watch you on television and follow you on Facebook and LinkedIn. Anything we can do for you before we go?
1: You already did. You had me on the show. And that's the most I can possibly ask for. Mm-hmm. So thank you so very much. And you had tremendously kind words to say as well. So I'm going to walk away from this on a high for the rest of the day. So Wonderful. thank you. Thank you so thank, much.
0: Thank you, Larry Roberts, founder of Red Hat Media. Thank you, my friend. I feel honored to call you that. Um, if you'll stay on for a second, Peter wants to chat with you and I'm going to sign off to our viewers. I want to thank our sponsor for providing for us to have under the spotlight here every week, every Wednesday noon Eastern time. Today we're featuring the happy coffee. It literally gives you productive energy, feeling like you're drinking your coffee and it gets you through the day and it doesn't work. Sprinkle a little bit of the uh, magic coffee in there. It's all natural, by the way. And you will feel that powerhouse that you really deserve to feel. You can connect with us. We're happy to uh, send you the link, uh, our sponsor's link, and you can do that through CarmellaSterling.com. Thanks for joining us today, for being here. This was super, super special and an honor. I couldn't wait to have uh,
1: Larry on the show today. So I'll see you next week under the spotlight.